Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. George, how are you? Hi, Scott. <clears throat> yeah, good. Doing? Good. We're just, uh, we're just getting, uh, getting going here. Uh, cool. Johnny, are you with me too? Uh, no, I'm not. No, you're not. Okay, so it's just me. <laughs> it's just me by myself. How are you guys, George, John? You probably, have you guys ever spoken before? Have you have you guys ever actually talked to each other? Or just, uh, only so... via uh, texts, you know, writing on electronic media. No, no face to face or voices. Well, well, it's it's, it's good. Yeah. It's good to have both of you guys in one place. Um, we're just gonna start right in. Uh, this is Scott Feldman with uh, Tannen Aquatics, and I've got. Uh, Johnny Stiotti here with me, and of course the great one George Farmer. Good to good to see you again, buddy. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Good. Thanks for having me on again. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So uh, you've been you've been a busy guy of late, haven't you? Uh, with the new book coming out, and how's that going for you? Uh, yeah, that's great. Um, it's actually all finished, sent off to the printers now. So uh, yeah, it's exciting. Really exciting, actually. To have uh, the opportunity to kind of get all my, um, or a lot of my kind of aquascaping knowledge uh, summarized into, you know, 45,000 words. Um, and hopefully just to, you know, the aim is just to make it more accessible to more people. Because I think there's not many, well, I don't think there's any books dedicated to kind of uh, modern aquascaping techniques or modern planted tank growing kind of methods so um i think there's karen mandel sunken gardens is the only one that kind of springs to mind but this is a little bit yep. more kind of um it's step by step like the name implies right i mean I'm, yeah there's... It, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of, there's, there's, a, there's a whole appendix dedicated to to step by steps um and there's it's just literally if, if you're a complete beginner to an aquarium you could hopefully buy this book and then by the end of it you'd know how to create a, a beautiful aquascape that's the intention oh that's awesome what, what fantastic was, yeah what was the what was kind of the, the nexus for this is this something that people have been asking you to do over the years or is this something that you just sort of said all right time to really put this to paper and how did, yeah. how did it come about yeah it, it's, it's kind of been on the cards for a while i did think about self-publishing for a few years and i had a lot of experience with writing for practical fish keeping and, and, and other magazines around mm-hmm. the world uh, so I knew I could write and I, I knew I had enough kind of knowledge um, as well on the topic. Uh, and actually, it was I was kind of pushed a little bit because um, I was actually approached by a publisher, um, uh, Skyhorse Publishing in New York, uh, and they mm-hmm. reached out to me. Um, a, lot, a bit of a story. They saw me at, I think it was the Aquatic Experience in New Jersey a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, and... Uh, one of the people that works for the publishers is a hobbyist, uh, and they they thought it'd be a great idea to kind of uh, yeah get me to write a book for them. So yeah, that that was it really. And uh, yeah, it was yeah. it's an interesting process. It was um, because I'm so busy. I was so busy traveling, and um, right, you know, my 
you know, I spread myself quite thin sometimes. And so to dedicate, you know, the amount of energy and time to write a, a body of work, I actually found it really challenging because I'm the kind of, I just, dis- I discovered quite a lot of things about myself and the way I work and that I need, it, I need to be in the zone um, yeah. to write. And when I'm writing articles for magazines, you know, I can write a couple of thousand words in a few hours. Right. But when you, when you write, when you have to kind of, you know, you have to structure the book and then you have to, you know, dedicate X amount of hours and, and X amount of days. And, and, and I found it really, I actually found it really challenging because, because I was traveling so much and as you know, Scott and, and probably Johnny, you know, you, you just, you're just tired cognitively. You don't have the power, the brain yeah. power to get, to get what you, what you know, it, it, to articulate it in the way you want to. So um, actually I have to say the, the Corona like lockdown is a massive blessing in this respect. Yeah, because it, 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 I still had probably about fifty percent of it to really get, to really get right because I, I I got most of the words down, but they weren't structured in a in a very coherent manner. So it really forced me to. Um, I, I literally spent. I'm a very much of a morning person, you know. Uh, for, for the listeners out there, it's kind of quarter to seven in the morning in the UK yeah. time, and I guess it's quarter to eleven your time yeah. in the evening. So I'm a very much a a, a morning. A morning person and I, I do uh, probably 80% of my work in the first three hours of the day. Boy, we're similar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a, that's a funny one that we talk about it all the time in the creative circles, uh, you know, regardless of aquascaping, but yeah. uh, you know, majority of the creative uh, juice is flowing at those times and your body's still producing ketones and yeah. uh, you know, the whole uh, you know, biohacking and, and whatnot has um, you know, yeah. shed a lot of light. Yeah, so, are you into biohacking? Uh, I, I like it. I'm, I'm not the best at it, but yeah. um, you know, I, I do it when it's applicable. I okay. do a lot of the fats in the morning and yeah. the coffee. And, yeah, um, yeah. I've just had a, I just finished my right. bulletproof coffee now. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. So you fun. run a lot, George, right? You, you, yeah, you're yeah, yeah, I run. Uh, yeah. I used to be quite competitive and, and you know, train and, and try to get a certain amount of miles in in a certain amount right. of time but now i just run for the meditation aspect so yeah I, I don't run with any technology at all i don't even run with a watch i just just run That's and right. just, just listen to the to the right. nature because i'm quite right. lucky where i live in a really rural area of england so we're surrounded by woodlands and rivers and stuff like that That's so nice it's beautiful i just got just got back into running i mean literally last week my wife's a runner and she cool. said you know we should we should run and we just started running and i was like you know it's gonna we walk and hike a lot but yeah. yeah, it's something very relaxing about it. You know, I was going to ask you what one of the things <laughs> I found I find funny with writing, and yeah. Johnny could attest to this. When I have to write something, like people have asked me, for, in fact, for practical fish keeping, they've asked me to do some writing. And when I, yeah. whenever I have written for a magazine, it's for some reason it's I can get up every morning and I can just write my blog, whatever, great. Yeah. Easy. When I have to write an article, it's like, oh, it's it's a much more difficult process. Like, yeah. how did you did you tell yourself you're going to write X amount of things a day, or did you write it out of sequence or chapters, or how how did you approach it? I um at the beginning it was so chaotic. Um, I, I had a rough structure of what the book would be in terms of like the just the chapters, and I kind of and I and mistakenly just thought, oh, I'll just kind of transpose what I've kind of written in magazines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I'm writing about lighting, 
you know, I've written an article about lighting. I'll just basically rewrite that. But it it, it, it didn't work. And I found, yeah, it doesn't work that way. No, not, <laughs> not going to be cohesive. And I was, and when I was, I was obviously writing a lot from home, um, which is distracting in itself because we, you know, we've got a dog. Sometimes my wife works from home. Sometimes the boys are around. Um, just people come to the door. Yeah. And so actually I was taking myself off to the local library and putting noise cancelling headphones in. And that's actually when I did, when I did quite a, quite a good amount of work when I just solely Mm. focused on, on that. Um, but even then, I was still doing the travelling, and there was no kind of. I didn't really have enough big chunk of time, right? Get to get what I needed to be done. So when when the lockdown came up, that's when I did really kind of nail down the structure. And this, I'm going to write, you know, five thousand words by lunchtime, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, and that's what I did. And it's actually really good timing because because I was at home with the lockdown, um, I had. I was setting up more aquariums as well. Uh, and, and the aquariums that were already set up were really kind of getting really nice and mature and I was spending much more time maintaining them. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot more material to photograph as well because all, all, I think about 98% of the photos in the book are my own. That's so, what I was going to ask you. Okay, good. So it's, very nice. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really great to get some absolutely exclusive photos for the book that no one's ever seen before. That's... They've not been online. They've not been published anywhere else. So. That's fantastic. Now, 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 when I was looking at the summary about the book, you know, for the pre-order, it it was talking about some of the topics. And one of the things that caught me um, that thought, I thought that that's got to be a challenge to have written is the understanding the chemistry and biology involved in in, in an aquarium, uh, Mm. or at least a planet aquarium. To me, distilling that down into something that is, like you said, but coherent and understandable, that's got to be yeah. a tough thing to write, even though, I mean, you know this stuff inside and out, but expressing it sometimes isn't so easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I have to say, I do not go into such technical terms. And I and I just, I, yeah, I, I am I am the hobbyist and I am the reader. So if, if I can understand it, and I'm not particularly, uh, you know, super intelligent. So I have to kind of make, make it... <laughs> You Modest. heard it here first, yeah, right? guys. <laughs> World <Yes>. exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, I have, I have to make it understandable to other people because I have to understand yeah. it myself. So, you know, so I talk about um, you know the nitrogen cycle, but in very simple terms. But right. it's more about the. I actually really focus on why plants are beneficial mm-hmm. uh, and talk about them in terms of the biology of the system creating oxygen, consuming nutrients, uh, you know, all the good stuff that they do. Um, I, I don't actually, you know, I, I talk about measuring CO2, but that that's done very simply using the, the pH differential method. And I, I go through step by step on how to do that. Nice. Everything is uh, hopefully uh, bite-sized kind of digestible chunks uh, and really easy to kind of follow. That That's my, that's how I learn and that's how I understand stuff. So that's, you know, uh, hopefully how the reader will, will learn as well. I think that'll resonate. We, we see oftentimes people bite off way more than they can chew, especially when they're trying to translate something into, mm. uh, uh, you know, something that's going to work long-term and for the, the person that's just entering. Like if you create a barrier to entry that's so steep, like uh, needing to understand biology at, at that level. Yeah. Um, you know, then you just discourage somebody. So, uh, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to appreciate that. And I yeah. 
Scott and I talk about it all yeah. the time. If we can just extinguish some of that. It would be great because it's not, it's not the most important thing. No, I think that's a really good point, Johnny. And I think this barrier to entry is, is a really big topic because we live in an age of the internet, of course, and, and Facebook groups and to a lesser extent forums now. But any newcomer going on a Facebook group now is just going to be absolutely overwhelmed with advice. Yeah. And not all of it is going to be, uh, a lot of it's going to be conflicting. A lot of it's going to be from well-intended folk but they've actually a lot of them have got little experience themselves yeah, yeah. and then as a beginner you are very yeah and as a beginner you're very kind of open to suggestion of course and and you you might be on a strict budget and and you're going to kind of have a little bit of maybe confirmation bias because you're going to be wanting to run potentially a high-end aquascape but then you're going to be searching for ideas to make that as budget friendly as possible so what i've experienced is folk will be just cherry picking pieces of advice to suit their own narrative mm-hmm. so they'll only have Bingo. You know, 200 bucks to set up you know what they've like they, they've seen in the manoscape so they'll jump on you know facebook and they'll and they'll see how do i create this and then they'll get you know a dozen or dozen or so uh, guys saying yeah you, you don't have to use co2 you can use you know, garden soil you don't have right. to do any water changes right you know and all these things that were absolutely kind of fly in the face of you know, the, the way of a high energy, at least, prior right. to tank system. And so they're, they're doomed to fail from the start. And, and that is that is a massive issue because if a beginner fails right at the start, then very likely they're going to give up on the hobby. Because if you have exactly. a bad experience right at the beginning of something that's potentially cost you, you know, a financial, mm-hmm. you know, you've invested financially in something and you have a bad experience with it, that's going to put you off for life potentially. So, oh, yeah. Well, even more so than the the financial investments, it's the the time, yeah, the energy, uh, and, and the disappointment, and the feeling yeah. that you failed at something. That you failed, right? This yeah, is even know, bigger than the money, absolutely. Well, now, without obviously without seeing the book, was do you uh, is does the chapters where you have the step by step instructions and so forth? Do you have like a few different aquascapes that you talk about, and then how to attain them, or is it? Yeah. Uh, or, or, uh, so, how did you choose which aquariums you were going to do? Was it was it ones you had set up specifically mm. for the book, or or things that you said, oh, I love this aquascape. I want to feature this in the book. Or yeah, was that I, process? Yeah, I've tried. To, I've tried to use a diverse range of sizes and, and budgets. So, uh, f- f- right from the uh, sort of entry level, there's like the Fluval Flex, which is a very popular entry mm-hmm. level kind of aquarium, which has, you know, the filter and the heater. Oh, not the heater. Sorry, the, the, the filter and the lighting kind of built in. And it, and it has enough light to grow easy plants, you, don't, you know. Uh, so that was kind of uh, that was kind of you know entry level, and then all the way up to like the Aquascape uh, twelve hundred, which is like a basically mm-hmm. a, you know like an ADA one twenty P style, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with suspended lighting, CO two injection, and then a couple <laughs> a couple kind of in between. So yeah, tried to tried to kind of cater for a, a, a diverse range. I think there was five five step by steps altogether. Yeah. No, I've got a little little question to to sneak in here. The the Aquascaper twelve hundred. That mm. isn't that your like signature series aquarium? Yeah. So I collaborated with uh, a UK company called Evolution Aqua, uh, who are primarily a pond filtration uh, brand, uh, but they diversified into aquariums. Uh, and then mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we worked together, and uh, with them I launched the Aquascaper uh, brand. So. I was originally kind of branding myself as the Aquascaper. Right. Uh, and they kind of basically bought that name off me. 
um, which I was happy with because I thought it sounded a bit pretentious, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Very descriptive, if nothing else. Uh, yeah, but there's a lot of other aquascapers out there, so it's a bit of a yeah. I am the aquascaper. The aquascaper. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I worked with them for two years on a two-year contract, and you know I managed their social media. Uh, you know I came up with the tank sizes and design ideas uh, for the. For the liquid fertilizer, uh, we, we had some uh, glass pipe work and also uh, lighting hanging kits as well. Uh, yeah, so I worked with those guys and uh, it, it went really well, actually. I think I grew their Facebook page organically completely from zero to sort of 10,000 followers, you know, in a year. Um, and just, yeah, just had had good fun with it. Um, and it was a great experience, you know, working in that part of the industry, uh, sort of you know establishing a bit more of a network and figuring out how supply chains work and all the challenges that that can provide and and trying to get the uh the aquariums in different parts of the world um i mean the demand in the u.s for them is, is still very high but for right whatever, yeah. for whatever issues they're they're still struggling to get them over there so but um yeah i kind of the two years was up and i thought it was time to move on and and um start working with with other folk and and kind of establishing my own kind of brand as well yeah. are you still well and that that's the next question i yeah. guess oh yeah. sorry no, cut no, you no. off there scott no, what, you're, what you're what's uh what's next on um you know that front uh, as far as the equipment goes I'm, I'm always looking for the shameless plugs so yeah um you know what, what what's next um you know how can people support <laughs> you other than buying the book um yeah yeah no, thanks for that thank, thanks for that lead in i appreciate it um I will actually say just before I forget, you do, you guys do get an acknowledgement. Tanning Aquatics get an acknowledgement awesome. in my book, so there's a link to the website right at the end. So everyone that's kind of supported awesome. me over that's the great. years, any brands, any companies that I like, <laughs> um, will, will get a mention. And you know, I, I, listeners might not know, but we've worked obviously in the past and um, used your products with with yeah. great results. So yeah. Um, so yeah, what's next for me? That's a really good question. So. Um, at the moment, I really enjoy the diverse work, work basket that I have. So um, I work on my own YouTube channel, which is which has some brands sponsoring that. So that's that's a nice kind of steady uh, steady income. But also, more importantly for me, it's about getting the message across uh, of of aquascaping. You know, ed- educating and inspiring yeah. as much as I can. Um, also, there's I work very closely with uh, Tropica uh the aquarium plant company from denmark mm-hmm. um also awaze uh the filtration and, and aquarium uh, and pond brands uh, and uh, some other sponsors as well i'm working along with felix at the moment which you guys may have heard of it's just been mm-hmm. yeah kind of released to the backers yeah at the moment so that's that's really exciting uh and i still like the traveling that hopefully that will that will kind of resume fairly soon. Um, I, I like to do the private installations for clients. I like that, really like that. Oh, one. I didn't know you were doing that. I didn't, I yeah, didn't I, don't, do that. I don't really advertise oh. it so much. If, if if folk have the kind of initiative uh, and the motivation to reach out, then I know that they're serious and then we can go from there. Uh, if I advertise it, I tend to get a lot of people just thinking I'll, yeah. I'll do it for right. like 20 bucks or something. <laughs> right. The easy, easy way to vet is not advertise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If they ask for you they're interested yeah exactly uh and so yeah I, when i when when lockdown you know before lockdown it was i was probably doing just one a month or so which suited my time kind of schedule 
and then I really enjoy the workshops as well. So, um, yeah. you know, for, for stores, aquascaping stores or aquarium stores, and that's a really good way to physically engage with the, with the uh, public. And also um, the store gets a nice display and I get to train the staff as well because many, many aquarium staff have no clue on aquascaping. Are, are you going to do like a, like a book tour where you're going to, yeah. part of the plan where you're going to hit up various stores and clubs and do demos and yeah, send the book that, and that kind of thing? That, that, that's the plan. Yeah. I mean, my, 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 my kind of dream is to start off on the West coast of the States mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. kind of work my way East, uh, stopping off at all the best sort of aquascaping stores. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, work my way across Europe and then maybe even Asia. Um, but obviously nice. that, that, that kind of plan is, uh, on hold. <laughs> 2021. <now>. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, 22, <laughs> whenever. Yeah. <laughs> well, your book is what released, I knew it, Amazon's not going to have it till November or something like middle of November. Right? Yeah, that's right. So yeah. That, yeah. So timing's not bad actually. No, I mean, there's a, yeah, November is the, is the release date. Uh, so yeah, 21, early 21, maybe, maybe even late 20, late, late 20, depending on, you know, depending mm. on the situation. But yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to do some book signings and combine that maybe with a workshop as well. And um, aquascaping workshop and just meet some like-minded enthusiasts. Um, that, that's, yeah. that's one of the best things about this hobby is the people. In, in Absolutely. It. Yeah. But other, other plans actually, I was going to pick your brain. Oh, well, I disagree. <laughs> yeah. like, I think the best part's not being, you know, the best parts, like the, the nice, the, the nice. better part. How's that? Yeah. Um, That's funny. I think it is, is interesting, isn't it? Like any, like any industry, you get, you get your good people and you get the, you know, you get the ones that aren't so easy to get on with. But oh. uh, you know, just choose, choose, choose yourself to align with those that you have a common kind of goal and and that's fine absolutely yeah uh, but other plans actually i was going to pick your brains i don't know if this is the right time and place but i actually sure. start, this is a world exclusive um, i was actually considering starting my own podcast all right oh you should long overdue yeah so yeah. actually you guys use anchor fm don't you so yeah um actually it's so easy to use i just kind it's of had so a little easy. play with it and uh yeah, so I think this is a uh, you know podcasting is like the, they reckon it's going to be taking over lots of other things, and they reckon I think I read somewhere that having your own podcast is going to be like having your own Instagram account or your own Facebook page. You know, I've heard that. I've heard that. You know, I, 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 and Johnny's pushed me to do this for a very long time, and when I started, it's been like a year now. Yeah. And it just got, I, I write every day. That's my thing is my media was writing. I'm not mm. a video guy. Johnny's the video guy. And when him and I can't get together and do videos, which is, which is not that often now because of COVID mm. the podcasting was the logical step. And you know, if you're blessed like you are with photo skills, it's great. But I, I think it's great. It's added a new dimension and you know, I don't have guests on all the time. I just have the cool people like you. And so when we have the guests, it's a real special deal, but it's just fun. It's fun to just I read your blog. I love will it. interject here. So it does come full circle, like you talked about before with writing. And there's two different styles. There's two different styles of podcasts. Mm. There's two dis- there different styles of writers. Um, you and Scott might be the style of writer that when it comes to you, you write. Um, now, me, as a 
professional and I'm a creative director. And a lot of that is on the copywriting side. Yeah. I don't know how to write for fun. I can only write when there's an assignment. All right. And That's so totally the opposite. Yeah. for me, it's like, I have to set a schedule. And I'm like this day at this time, I write this article and um, it's done, you know, within 25 minutes and then we're on to the next thing. And the, the copy is, is what it is. Mm. It's always for a commercial purpose. So, um, when someone's like, you can do whatever you want. And I sit down to write, it's just crickets. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. the same thing with the podcast. If I don't have intention set for the podcast, if I'm just like, I don't, I'm not feeling particularly spicy that day and, and just going to be like, Oh, I'm going to get on and, and talk. Um, yeah. it, you, that's really interesting. Yeah, I a gun to my yeah. It's never going to work. But you know, it's, it doesn't always have to be a live thing. I mean, we don't do it live. And, and I think there's something good about being able to just like write something down and read it. You know, if you get good at reading your own stuff, as opposed to like Instagram live where you're just bad living, you know, or YouTube, yeah. to me, YouTube seems like a big challenge. Like you're, you know, you, you want to be a little more professional, but mm-hmm. I, you know, but a lot of people tell me, I think it was Rachel O'Leary told me, she goes, you know, nobody, a lot of people don't actually watch my videos because they just listen to me in the background. So the podcast is the logical extension. So for me, it's proven to be a good crutch at least, but it's uh yeah, it, it works. Well, one of the formats I thought I would take, which kind of, uh, I guess, answers that kind of style question is, um, I think I'd like to make it kind of Q&A. So people have mm-hmm. the opportunity to send in questions. And so, then, oh, and, it's love it. And then I and, answer them. And cue the Q&A. Well, well, you want well, to do it, just, it just so happens, George and Johnny. Every, when I get together with Johnny, we always get q and A's because people send us things. And of course, with you on, George, we're going to make you answer some questions. Ah, there you go. So you can get, some, you can get seam, some good practice. Seamless lead in there. Seamless lead. This was actually wasn't um, planned, listeners, honestly. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. We Nothing is planned on this yeah, ever. <laughs> that's the thing. Our production values aren't planned. Every, nothing's planned. It just happens. But that's part of the fun of it is uh, authenticity. But we, we could go into Q&A, but let's just get you with a few more questions here, yeah, though. I, I'm yeah. curious. Sure. So, and Johnny, you, you chime in when you want to on this. But, uh, George, with, with all the styles you're playing with, with aquascaping, I've mm. always, you, know, you know I've told you this. I say you're like every man's aquascaper <laughs> because you take every style. You could do it. If somebody's done a tank before, you've done it before them. You, you've, you've jumped in. What I love about your style, without sounding too... Uh, effusive here is you're always trying something you're not afraid to try a totally different style mm-hmm. and i love that about you you're not following somebody else's lead you're just saying ah, i'm gonna try this i'll do give it a shot um first of all how did you get that kind of boldness to jump in is that just something you've always had and number two what is your favorite style right yeah, now? That's what a great you want to try? yeah it's a great question and thanks and thanks for that feedback i appreciate that i think oh, I, yeah. I think i do at the moment i kind of getting sort of typecast as a little bit of a um classic nature aquarium guy with with easy plants but that 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 is just making what i'm doing more accessible for people to follow but yeah you're right i have done stuff that's kind of little been a little bit out of the box like the planted marine tank i did sort of 10 years mm-hmm. ago um, you did black water you did the, i did black water before a lot of people yeah, but i've done three black waters yeah at least yeah, yeah. and yeah. i think um at least they were published really well thank you and i think but i think the driver for that you know was actually having my hand forced a little by practical fish keeping in fact the magazine because they would actually commission me to mm. to do stuff so i i was forced to to do this oh, rather fun. than me just thinking oh i'm going to do a black water Although uh, thinking back, they'd say, "Yeah, we want to we want to do a biotope series," 
um, mm-hmm. you know, it's up to you what you'd want to cover. Just sort of let us know. And that, I think that's where that kind of came from, was actually stretching myself in terms of knowing that I had, you know, every month I'd have to do a new style of scape. So something from, you know, um, the Amazon, so, you know, obviously a Blackwater sort of Amazonian layout, and then something from uh, Cenotes, you know, Central America, Mm-hmm. and then you know southeast and then you know that that kind of kind of pushed me in that in that respect um but i think sometimes i just see stuff I'll, and i'll just get an idea and i think oh that would look really cool and i'll just you know I'm, I'm lucky to have the resources available to me to kind of implement these ideas so but my my favorite i wish my... i wish you would take more challenges there because four of your favorite or four of the aquariums that you've done that are my favorite are are all outside of the the planted. Not saying planted are ever bad; they're they're excellent. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you did this white cloud aquarium oh, with yeah. a very unique oh, rock. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's absolutely one of my favorite aquariums of of all time. Oh, wow. uh, you have a yeah. you have a current sort of Mabuna African aquarium yeah. that I I adore. I think it's it's perfect the way it is. I really really like that one. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, a Southeast Asian and a uh, South American. Um, Blackwater and, and, and your, all of those have been my favorite. And your killifish tank that you did, the, the rocket, oh, the rocket killifish, yeah, the twelve inch Steve. That one, yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah, that that's really nice feedback, and um, yeah, I really value that because I kind of just assume that people just know me for the for the planted tanks. So that's really cool to to hear. Thank you. Um, but my favourite style, it has to be the, the classic kind of nature aquarium, you know, from, from Takashi Amano from like the, the early 2000s. Um, mm-hmm. I just love I just love aquarium plants. I just love the way they make me feel. I, I love the greenery. I love the, the oxygen bubbles, um, the vibrancy. Um, I just find them really kind of therapeutic. What, yeah. what do you what do you think Amano's we talk about Amano fairly often on, on this podcast and yeah. what, what do you think his maybe most underappreciated lesson was or or style or idea that people haven't embraced fully or wow. as much as you'd like them to no, that's that's a really that's a really deep question actually. Um I just think this fundamental uh, connection with nature um that that he that so he he's he's the guy that really broke the ground in terms of using an aquarium space to to connect people with nature more uh and and you can use you can use any any elements of that in any style you know and arguably actually the black water the the, the kind of the tint is is closer arguably to to nature than than a lot of you know modern aquascaping um you know, and we're we're going to digress a bit, but I know you guys are quite uh, passionate about this. But the, you know, the um, the evolution of the diorama style, uh, which <laughs> I which I argue is <laughs> right. I know you hate it too. <laughs> I don't say it, uh, hate is a strong word. I think uh, you know. Te- I think we all can technically appreciate it, but oh, in yeah. terms of connecting with nature, it, it's almost the antithesis because it's it's Bingo. it's not. Um, it's not natural to see trees underwater or right. mountains underwater with fish swimming around. That's just like something you can some psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, so that, you know, yeah, but going back to the original point, I think Amano 
uh, is, is almost solely responsible for this, um, allowing people to use aquariums to connect with nature more, which I think we can all learn from. I, I think his biggest, and, and Johnny knows this, and Johnny, you, you knew Amano, so I'll let you give me your thoughts on that, but I think the biggest lesson that people seem to forget is when he, uh, the, the, the early you know, teachings or introduction of wabi-sabi mm. into the aquarium world. I think that's something that's been just largely forgotten mm. because I think with the advent of all these contest tanks and, you know, people set something up quickly and they get the photos, they're on to the next tank. They mm. don't allow things to age in. You're unusual in that respect, George, because you let your tanks stay up for long periods of time, don't you? So, yes, I, I normally have select, you know, to be fair, I, I normally have a selection of aquariums at any one time. So at least one of them, yes, will be running in the long term. And that is, that provides, yeah, so many uh, insights, actually, and so many teachings, for, potentially, because it's not until you've run something for six plus, 12 plus months that you you really have an understanding of how the whole ecosystem's working and just yeah. li- just little things like a piece of moss floating off somewhere and attaching itself somewhere else and actually adding a completely over time, you know, it develops into a, a, an extra focal point potentially and completely changes the dynamic of the layout. And it's not right. until you've, you've lived with something for that long that you can appreciate these kind of nuances. So, yeah, um, yeah absolutely. The, the Wabi Sabi thing, you know, the kind of imp- imperfect perfection thing is, mm-hmm. is really interesting and, you know, we can apply that to kind of all, all, um, you know, all uh, disciplines, I guess. And Johnny, what do you, what do you think your uh, number one takeaway from that? Well, you know, I, 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 I tend to echo sort of your sentiments, but I, I also can, because um, George is a pretty humble and modest guy, I, w- I would be able to say uh, with a great degree of confidence, the the reasonings for him being very comfortable with the wabi-sabi, which I wish more people would embrace is, uh, you know, just the, the time in the tank. Um, he's not new to this by any means. And um, he enjoys the subtleties and the nuances of uh, those certain aspects, but has the ability to pick plants that you can allow um, to go for a long time. And he's not choosing unwisely with his selections of something that has to be maintained all the time. So, mm. It's so easy to bash on people and go, oh, you're not picking the most technically difficult plants to grow. Well, there's a reason. Maybe maybe he enjoys his time uh, with the plants rather than just manicuring them all the time meticulously. And so I think it says something about someone allowing them to let go or, or have it take control of itself and not be the dictator of the aquarium mm. um, through and through. And so, I don't know, hats off to George. I think he embraces the wabi-sabi um, as far as you need to. Um, yeah. I think he does an excellent job of that. Thanks, Johnny. I think, I think, that's, I think, there's a, I think that's a great point. I think there's an, an extra point there with regards just um, the kind of t- time enjoying your aquascape versus time maintaining it and that kind of return on investment. So if, if, you, if you do have, you know, super fast growing carpeting plants, stem plants, etc. They, they actually, the amount of time you're enjoying it, it is relatively little compared to the t- amount of time you're maintaining it. And, and some people might enjoy that maintenance practice, but actually, I, I actually enjoy being the consumer of an aquascape as well as like the curator and the maintainer. So I think there's something there about that ratio. Uh, and that's where they're obviously the plant choice and actually the kind of growing methods that you choose. So the lighting, 
you know, I often recommend to, to actually use use less light than you might need. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and and you know, just just make things slow and steady, and and enjoy enjoy the aquascape for longer. Um, and yeah, yeah. What's the rush? Yeah, yeah. and you know, I think uh, we're going off on a tangent now, but I think aquascaping it can it has the potential to teach many life lessons. You know, as is the is the is the connection with nature of course but there's the there's the discipline you know of 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 maintenance and then there's just witnessing something that's alive and 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 kind of evolving and and having that um that just just from a kind of ancestral human being kind of perspective having that kind of source of water next to you that i think there's something there to be said uh, and we all, you know, the color green is is super kind of, uh, we, you know, I think we're tuned in to find the color green, you know, more relaxing, right? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds quite quite a romantic notion, but I think, you know, every every home, every you know, should have a have some form of aquascape or some form of uh, living nature in it rather than you know just a generic house plant or something yeah. just something a little bit more complex that you have to take a little bit more kind of care and attention over and, and you can watch evolve and yeah sorry guys i'm digressing I, I, there was something very po- poetic about what you said there um i i quite enjoyed the witnessing something alive yeah uh witnessing something living that that's more people need that and i think Amen. all styles of aquascape can can really bring that element into a home um uh, i couldn't yeah. agree more with you. you you know and 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 i think that that i guess we've talked about this a lot on this on this podcast there's the art and there's the science and you can do both and enjoy yeah. both and i think Absolutely. that somewhere Absolutely. in between is the hobbyist <laughs> you know it's weird yeah um, we fill it we fill a gap absolutely yeah. yeah there's and i think sometimes there's potentially a bit too much emphasis placed on the science depending on on where you're getting your information from and right you know where you're spending your time on, on social media um and i'm going back to the original point of barrier of entry i think this is you know potentially uh a risk that if, if too much emphasis is placed on the science then it can it can kind of put people off um I've, I've lost count of the amount of times people going on about um fishless cycling um mm-hmm. and 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 as a beginner if you start reading about fishless cycling you know adding an ammonia source and then testing your ammonia and then waiting for that to reach a certain level and then testing for nitrate and nitrites and then you know as, as a complete beginner you'd be like well i've got to buy sort of three or four test kits i've got to test every day you know and and then i've not even put any fish in the tank yet and it's you know and I, it, Whilst I think there's a place for fishless cycling in terms of fish welfare, mm-hmm. if you just put a load of plants in there and then stick your fish in, uh, as long as you're kind of growing those plants, then it's it's almost irrelevant. You know, the plants will do the work for you. Uh, focus on the plants and then let let the science almost take care of itself. But how would all those companies sell those test kits? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Test, you know. I, yeah, it's true. <laughs> now, 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 here's funny. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw in a few since we're we're talking about plants and tanks and so forth. I am gonna throw in a few questions because I had some that 
uh, were intended for Johnny. But of course, with you, George, we're going to we're going to throw you right in the mix and you're going to answer these. Both of you guys are going to answer these. Uh, The first question we have is from Dennis from Louisville, Kentucky in the United States. Uh, And he said, what is your favorite red plant? Okay, Johnny, do you want to go first? Yeah, so I'm going to go I'm going to go with an easy one here. Um, I I really do have a soft spot for um, Rotala butterfly. Oh, nice. um, it it was it was a plant that I got. I think I was one of the very first people actually in the U.S. Um, I may even get, it could probably get in trouble with this somehow. Uh, but somebody somebody brought it back uh, for me, and um, I'm I'm pretty sure I established the entire population of that plant on the <laughs> west coast here in the U.S. But um, yeah, um, I, so I, I've got a soft spot for it. it. It just has a very unique um, growth pattern and, uh, one of the most vibrant, bright red plants that you could possibly get your hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, just a be- beautiful plant and it, and it grows so easily. Um, I, I mean, I would have to say that's probably my favorite. Interesting. Is that like and, a, a variant of, um, red sunsifolia? Like a, a mini, like a Rotala mini, um, yeah. It's yeah, it's like rotundifolia mini something or other variant. Okay. Um, it, it kind of gets a flipped sort of twisted leaf to it. Um, oh, nice. Similar color, but a little more pink than hurrah. Yeah. Um, Sounds lovely. Yeah, uh, it, like macaranda midi, I guess. It, it's it's an interesting little plant. I don't know if it's actually been named properly. Have you um, have you got any now? Uh, I do. I have, a, I have a very small amount of it growing immersed in the greenhouse. Uh, so, nice. um, yeah, I can always bring it back inside. Yeah, perfect. Cool. I'll have to say mine is, um, uh, at the moment, it kind of changes, but at the moment I really enjoy Limnophila hipparoides, which is... Uh, nice. Uh, Limnophila is beautiful. It's very similar to the Aromatica, uh, but it's much easier, and it'll it'll turn red quite easily but it gets a really kind of bright purple underside um and yeah it it, and it uh it will flower out of water yes yeah absolutely and it also um it also smells a little bit like the aromatica as well so you get that be- when it's growing immersed you, you can get that smell um nice and also um it just responds so well to trimming it will just readily branch over and over again i think i've gone through my like seventh cycle of trimming on on the current uh my current stems at the moment in my 1200 and they just keep coming back every time so it's just super easy and super beautiful yeah george have you done any vibariums have you done one or or maybe a paludarium or something yeah like this is a really good something? question no <laughs> it's a simple answer is that something you, you're, yeah, you're thinking of absolutely yeah i do have a terrarium at the moment i've got a bio bear 60 um mm-hmm. and i've I'm getting conflicting advice whether I can keep uh, frogs in there. Um, so you can get some so you know, really tiny species of um, dwarf um, dart frogs. Um, mm-hmm. Dendrobites, is it? I can't remember the species. Yeah, dendrobates. Yeah. Um, so I contacted a few folk that are in the industry and they said, yeah, it's fine. And then I've contacted some other guys and they said, no, you need they need a bigger space. So the imitators and things like that should be fine in their thumbnail size frogs. I, I, this is, I wouldn't this be is opposed a, to putting them in. Okay, this is a tink, the tinks. 
what's their company? The Tinctoris, it's a, a slightly larger, like you're looking at Tinctoris or Aratus, um, Lucamelis, things along those lines. Yeah. They're going to be a little bit larger. But I would go more towards the thumbnail size frogs, so something about a quarter to the half size of that, uh, and you would have okay. no issue whatsoever. If anything, they might get lost in there. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. I appreciate that, Johnny. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do need to do a paludarium. Absolutely, I did. I, I did work on a project called Insularium uh, a while mm-hmm. back uh, with a Spanish mm-hmm. Spanish company. Yeah, and um, it was like a really shallow aquarium they and then um relying on the immerse growth of course um but that didn't really take off um and then i do have a i do have an ada system in the garage the terror um uh, Ooh, do it with uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're being peer pressured here yeah i need to do it absolutely but you know it's um yeah Anyway, but it needs to be done. Projects. Absolutely, I, I do really enjoy that um, above and below water uh, thing. I just it adds another, obviously, another, another kind of sense of nature there. So I, yeah. I do really enjoy that. What about you guys? Are you keeping paludariums or terrariums? I uh, John, Johnny, you're, you're yeah, I have a bunch. Yeah, yeah, we're oh, cool. I, I have a Terra uh, Terra thirty. Oh, they're beautiful, um, aren't they? So cute. In, it's it's a fantastic little system. I don't even have any fish in it right now, no. um, but uh, it's been running over a year. Uh, it, it's it's nearly all endemic species to Borneo, so oh, wow. um, half the half the species of plants growing out of the water I can't even name. Yeah, uh, but they're um, <laughs> it's really really interesting. And then um, I I have an affinity for miniature orchids, a lot of cool growers, Ecuador and things like that. So we've got. Um, quite a few of the dua you know sort of air glass setup deals uh, yeah. around the house nice. uh, but i also have a um uh, eight by uh you know eight by ten uh, greenhouse in the, in the backyard oh wow because uh, yeah you, so it's isn't your family did i hear that you're you come from like a botanical kind of background or your family in the in the botanical industry is that right, Johnny? Yes. So um, it, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, I, I grew up in a flower shop. Uh, my mom um, and sister had a flower shop when I was a kid. Uh, and my sister, uh, when she moved from the area that she, you know, we were living in up into Los Angeles, she continued on with the flower shop business, um, eventually getting married and, and putting her career off to the side. But, uh, you know, did her degree in, in horticulture and botany. And then now she works. Uh, part-time with a, uh, a local organization that does restoration of native um, native plants and habitats here wow. in, in California. So replanting and, um, you know, reestablishing environments that uh, may have been in negatively impacted yeah. from various, various environmental issues, um, from coastal and canyon. Um, and so she does that uh, part-time. And then the other Part of the time, she's an interior decorator or not interior, more of an interior architectural designer. That's so cool. Um, so very cool. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, you know, it. It's funny we're on a planted kick. I got another question for you guys to answer on plants. So this is from <laughs> Doris from uh, kind of up your way, Ballymore in Ireland. Oh yeah. And Doris says or asks. She says Sagittarius or Valisneria. Oh. Um, and which species? 
Yeah, I mean, it depends what you want from it. So Thalesnaria is usually uh, a great background plant, but quite invasive. So it sends out runners prolifically and can soon overtake the aquarium, mm-hmm. um, especially like the, the giant, you know, the giant version. Um, Sagittaria is still quite invasive, sends out runners prolifically, but tends to stay shorter depending on the species. Um, so, yeah, it depends if you want a sort of foreground, which you can get a dwarf sag, uh, midground, which you go for something like a subulata potentially, mm-hmm. uh, or background, which you might go for like a Sagittaria natans. And then, yeah, so if you wanted anything sort of foreground or midground, then you'd have to go Sagittaria, I'd suggest. But if you wanted background, then uh, Valisneria. My favourite Valisneria is Valisneria nana, which is a very thin leaf, yeah, uh, quite a delicate um, structure, and not uh, actually is not such a fast grower either. So that really? would be a, that, that would make a lovely background plant. Yeah. Do do you plan on ever doing with your African cichlid tank? Mm. Is there ever plants you're thinking of putting in there, like valves? I, or, or I did put, I, yeah, I did put some anubias in there, uh, mm. but I took it out like two days later because it just didn't suit the kind Seemed of weird. this this the style I was going for. Yeah, there's something really cool about about that. It's just single species, just male and female, to get the different color, the blue and the the blue and the yellow, and then just quite quite mon- monochromatic with the with the black backgrounds, the sort of grey white yeah. sand and and the sort of the, the grey white uh, rocks. So I really love that. It's just a fish tank which has been styled to look to look attractive. So the well, you're getting all of the kind of the movement and the colour obviously from the fish. And the and personalities then, too. Yeah, they and they're they're just like little pigs. They're so hungry. Every <laughs> time you get near the tank they're always begging for food and right. Yeah, they're really cool. I love them. Well, you know, this this leads into another question because one of our readers, this is Steve from Sizemore, Illinois, here in the U.S. He he asks, "What is your favorite component of an aquascape?" This is for both of you guys. Mm. Uh, is it the wood, the plants, or rock, or all of the above? I I don't know about Johnny, but I can't. It's all part of the system, isn't it? It's all part of 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 the picture. It's really hard to to pick one out um if if i had to choose one thing to aquascape with whether it's plants wood or rocks then it, it would, i'd have to go with plants yeah you know it's that's an interesting one i think um i look at it holistically and mm-hmm. I, I mean i know the the listeners have have heard me go back and forth on this all the time um it, it's not only the system holistically however it's coming together that that really does it for me, but also how it works in the environment. I think the system within the environment that I live in, you know, aquascaped with my furniture mm. and, and, and how my home looks, um, those are all important things that play a role. But for me, if there was any one definitive thing I had to pluck from the system aside from fish, it's more of the, the sockscape or the firm scape um the the leaves it's um you know in a a black water system the leaves are are what does it for me i mean i probably shouldn't admit i spent about 30 minutes today photographing one leaf uh that was (laughs) that was back back late in my aquarium today and it was just like gosh the sun is just coming through here anybody that would have seen me otherwise would have been like okay this guy is on drugs he is photographing (laughs) this just destroyed leaf in this muck brown water uh, in his living room. 
Uh, but uh, you know, it's it it. Um, that's really interesting. That's what does it for me. What is it about the? Sorry to interrupt, Scott. What what is no. it about the actual? The leaf itself is it the is it the is it the kind of aesthetic of it or is it something more kind of deeper on a deeper level that resonates with you? Like you know that it's forming something bigger than itself, or you know, let's go let's go deep on that one. It, it is, it is, and I think there's there's the esoteric side to this, um, and and we can unpack some of those things. For me, it's there's a very um, robust feeling that you get from a leaf when it's placed in the aquarium in volume and it's this this power of repetition Mm. and then you see things break down over time and then you realize how delicate and Mm. giving it is Mm -hmm. and then you start to see the structure and the elements of the leaf and um the tannins in part Mm. uh into the water and their contribution and yeah it's the ephemeral nature of it it's i guess yeah. i mean this sounds super super sappy and 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 like but you know it's it's like why a sunset's beautiful it, it's yeah it's not always the same you know it happens but yeah it's not really guaranteed to happen that way and so it's just it's the dying the last life of the leaf like it's already been dead it's the decomposing materials mm. and I, I think it's just there's something really poetic about it. It's really beautiful. Um, and I love the way the fish play in them. Mm. It's, um, it's just something for me. Um, yeah. I, I really what? get that. And, that, and um, joking aside, do you really make me want to set up a, a black water tank with decaying leaf? <laughs> I'm just, cause I can just visualize it. And I know exactly the, I know exactly the thought processes you're going for. And, some of my kind of most introspective, you know, some of my kind of tightest connecting moments with an aquarium have been just watching the, the, the fish playing around, you know, the, 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 the decaying matter, kicking up the dirt. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like that, that, that image, I could just visualize it right now, the image of the decaying leaf and you can, the, the kind of main flesh of it is completely eroded, a, a decomposed and you've just got the skeletal right. kind of outline, haven't yeah. you? And there's something really, um, yeah, like poetic, I guess. Yeah, like you say. Yeah, that's really fun- cool. I like that. I'm going to that- set one oh. up. Uh, you know, I think that... <laughs> Please do. I know where you can get some leaves. Yeah, um, yeah we know. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is something really amazing, too, about that. When And I know in, in planted tanks, you're constantly seeing growth in a typical botanical-style aquarium like we play with or I play with. You're seeing matter matter transforming itself and that's what's so interesting you're seeing growth of a different type you're seeing biofilms you're seeing yeah. breakdown of fungal yeah. growth and so forth and learning to appreciate that as much as one would appreciate a plant growing that's yeah. sometimes challenging for people but there's yeah. a certain beauty in all of nature and i think that's one of the things that i love that we're seeing more and more planted people coming to our side of the the, the game mm. because they're bringing an appreciation that's a little different and an understanding of an aquatic environment that's a little different so it gives you a different perspective and that's that's kind of been exciting for us and one of the questions i have for you george because I, I when i was reading the summary of, of your book on uh, amazon mm. th- there was a, they, they meant it was mentioned that you're talking about different styling suggestions that best suit your aquascape what do, do, what do you mean or landscape excuse me was that r- respect to what like uh layout uh, layouts or so that i have to say uh, before we go on the, on this uh this line 
I had nothing to do with writing that <laughs> introduction. Right. It's got <laughs> so I think it even says something like he, he gives talks on marine conservation or something ridiculous, you know, that I've never done. So it isn't, it isn't entirely accurate. Uh, let me just, is this the kind of the blurb on the, on Amazon, is it? Yeah. That you're reading? Yeah. Uh, yeah let I me just, that and I was like, what let me just, mean? let me just get it out right now and then I can sort of give yeah. you a, a fair mind. Well, while he, while he's reading that, I, I have a comment for, um, I guess it's it's more of a statement and it could be to our listeners. Um, you know, whether you have a blackwater aquarium or whether you have a planted aquarium or an interest in both, I think the perspective that you gain on the juxtaposition of those two contrasting elements next to each other will make yeah. you deeply appreciate one or the other more so than you ever did before. I mean, the best thing you could have for a planted aquarium is a black water. The best thing you can have for a black water aquarium is a planted aquarium. And one is life and growth. And the other one is, is really just watching the destruction of things. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's yeah. really just life a beautiful life thing. We yeah. facilitate destruction. No, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the planted black water aquarium, which George, you, you played with that in one that you did for us uh, a, a while back, a couple mm-hmm. of years back. I had, mm-hmm. that's another area that I would think would be interesting for you with more and more plants that you have accessible from blackwater environments, you know, mm. crypts and so forth. It's probably a lot of interesting things we could see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just thinking what I'm going to do next. I'm literally thinking what I'm going to do next with the blackwater. So I've got a, um, a doer, I think it's a tw- an eight inch cube doer tank. Oh, a little bit. I'm wondering what I can do in there. Just tiny, tiny, not even the, I don't know, I'm just thinking maybe some snails and some tiny shrimp that would be suitable for blackwater. Some yeah. nice decaying leaf. I've got, I've got a load of botanicals from you guys still in the garage. Oh, yeah. wow. Going to put them to use. Yeah. So, sorry, Scott, what, what, what was the original question? Oh, the, about question the... The, the question was, it, it, it talked about different styling suggestions that best suit your landscape. Now, I know that probably the terminology wasn't quite right, but what were, the, what, what were the talking about styling suggestions? Are you talking about like teaching people different techniques to aquascaping, or were you talking about layout type? Yeah, just start, uh, I talked about uh, the different, um, the main kind of different styles of aquascape in terms of like the nature aquarium. So, um, mm-hmm. Uh, we talked. To, I talk about the like the Ryoboku, which is mainly using woods, and then Iwagumi, which is rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, diorama. There's only a tiny little section on diorama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> there's, only, there's literally one photo. Like it's really small. <laughs> um, and then I talked about. Uh, I even talk a little bit about hardscape only. There is some black. There is a couple of black water photos in there as well. Cool. Um, yeah, so just trying to cover the main, you know, what, what you a jungle style as well. So Love just those. jungle style. Yeah, Love just just style. the main kind of genres that you would associate with modern kind of aquascaping. Yeah. Where do you see? And and this is for you too, Johnny. Um, and this is from this is from Doug MacArthur of Wichita, Kansas, and and he says, where do you see aquascaping going in the next three to five years? And I think he means in terms of style and yeah. things that people are playing with. That's, so, that's Johnny first, but I've got some John, ideas. But yeah, okay. Johnny, you got one? Re- repeat that one. Where do you see aquascape go? Aquascaping going in the next three to five years? In in any any? Uh, I mean, it that one's specific. difficult. I'm thinking he means just like the, the state of the art or or 
oh okay be into. I, I i believe and and douglas we're getting it wrong sorry, well but you know that that that's a that's a big question um yeah. you know i i think you're going to see uh, deeper niches being carved mm-hmm. yeah. um so i think areas that haven't really been explored um you know being explored more fully um i think that you're gonna see uh, unfortunately i could probably see more um sort of segregation within the community of of specific little styles popping up um so i i think that there's going to be more diversity in the styles but you know uh less jumping across the board um and so more specialty now what that's going to look like i don't know um i i'm getting weirder and weirder with the stuff that i like so i i, I don't know what other people are going to be into it's gonna be um, one twig in an empty tank here yeah. i see a lot more um embracing elements that aren't in water um and mm. and accompanying those with elements underwater so maybe the paludarium style i know some of the concepts that i'm working on and i haven't really showed anybody now are working with you know maybe only one inch of a aqu- uh, of water in an aquarium yeah. that would supposed to hold 24 inches of water so um you know i think i think those things are going to be more of what we see yeah i That's agree with that yeah i think definitely more out of water stuff i think on the more um sort of entry level you know for the more con- you know the pop the populace if you like that are keeping aquariums i think i think i'd like to say more and more people are going to have success with plants because the technology is more accessible and affordable. Um, uh, the plant production is getting better, more mm-hmm. access to tissue culture uh, and things like this. So I'm hopeful that more and more people will keep planted aquariums. That's at the base level. And then at the kind of high end, you know, sort of the top one percenters, if you like, then you're going to get really stupidly complex uh, diorama stuff. You know, people <laughs> spending like a year at constructing something out of tiny little rings, twigs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that you know, that, but that's at the, the extreme end. Um, but yeah, it's, it, maybe some more automation, uh, more smart aquariums. People are using Siri or Alexa to control their tanks. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to see more people spend a bit more kind of thought and attention, like Johnny does, in in terms of incorporating your aquarium into your living space better. You know, thinking about yeah. cabinet design and uh, the actual hardware, but also the software in terms of the aquascape, making making that like blend into your environment a bit better as well. That'd be nice. I th- I think that's I, I think you you've hit it right on the head. I think that's something that's really important. Uh, and, and Johnny has talked about this a lot too. It, it, especially Johnny, you've talked about this incorporating the aquarium into your living space, and I think. Both of you guys have sort of always been proponents of that. But I think for some reason, aquarium manufacturers are just now starting to catch up in terms of making things look aesthetically interesting besides mm. just the tank. Mm. You know, the emphasis on a better looking stands, lighting yeah. fixtures, stuff like that. I'm surprised it took so long, but it's nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. It has taken a long time, hasn't it? And, uh, you know, this, in the UK anyway, there's still this real traditional. Uh, wood solid, solid kind of oak cabinet with a, a huge hood, um, mm-hmm. which, which takes up, you know, so much of the kind of visual uh, element of that whole system. It looks a little bit monolithic. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm not but sure kind of... if they're still doing it, though. That's I, I think they may be emulating styles that they're seeing. I, I, like I haven't Dutch seen... style, you mean, or something like that? Well, I just, I think that they're they're like, well, people are into to mid-century modern right now, so we're going to do right. that. And, and they're not understanding that, for instance, an aquarium light serves two purposes. One is to grow the plants or whatever inside the aquarium. But the aquarium light isn't for the aquarium. It's for you to observe what's in the aquarium. And so you're making a light for people Mm -hmm. to look at growing plants. And and they just completely disregard. And this is me complaining again. Um, (laughs) It's late here, guys. It's late here. Um, (laughs) You know, so, um, you know, they completely disregard that there's a person interacting with the light. And it's Mm -hmm. like, we have to look at it. Uh, and, And they just okay well here it grows plants okay well what about you know my wife and myself and my dog that have to walk around this thing all day long um and they just forget about that um and now they go well let's just adopt uh you know you know scandinavian design well i mean come on you're just adopting it you're not really thinking about the aquarium are you interesting that's just me well i'm gonna ask you one more question now there's another one uh i'm gonna give you it's another planted sort of planet tank question this is from marissa from port douglas queensland australia she asks what is your go-to substrate for both a planted or high concept aquascaped aquarium i like these kind of questions mm. yeah i mean i have to go with uh tropical aquarium soil and then a close second would be the ada aquasoil amazonia just because they they grow the plants so well and create a nice sort of environment, you know, reduce mm-hmm. the hardness and the pH and promote plant, you know, help, good, good, healthy root growth, uh, all the good stuff. Yeah. Do you, did, did you ever do the entire soil system, you know, the, the ADA system with, you know, the yeah. back and bacteria, all that stuff? That, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did yeah, that work out for years you? Years ago. Really well, yeah. But I don't know if it... it Is it necessary if, anymore? I don't think it's necessary. I think you'll get marginal benefits but whether that's enough roi to but you know justify the that you'll need to spend right. that's another yeah. question another question yeah what about you john you know if we're if we're saying planted aquarium only um you know what's here and available in the u.s um it's still kind of hard to find the tropica stuff um yeah, it's, a, it, it's just, just showing up now yeah. it's just really usually not available um mm-hmm. so i've only played with it a couple of times in my experience this is blasphemous it's better than the ada soil um <laughs> but uh again I, I just haven't had a ton of access to it mm-hmm. um and then you know the the uns guys they make a soil that's just as good as the aqua soil and so um mm-hmm. that, that's in my backyard i use their stuff uh for that mm-hmm. but um you know, aside from a planted aquarium, I, I really like the substrates we've been working on, which are, um, you know, really weirdo. And they're definitely not for the, are these, avail- for the entry are, these avail- are these available now to, to they're, get? They're just about to launch. We got to send you some. We're going to send you yeah, some. Yeah, yeah, this, send me some yeah. this is a, it's, we call they're them. They're not for the faint of heart. Yeah, we call them sedimented substrates. So it's probably closer. Is it just like, 
mulm and stuff take the cayenne. No. Well, yeah, but but like more like sand and stuff. No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna facilitate that. That's what we do. <laughs> We're like the morbid gothic. <laughs> no, but it's more like um, sediment. That's what we call it sediment and substrate. So you can see okay. stuff that's uh, where where I like to play. Where we're trying to play with now are things like Igapo habitats and Barzea, the, the flooded forests of South America. Right. So okay. it's a combination of different things to create almost a muddy type of a substrate. Nice. Um, and and I think it's just different. And then uh, we're playing with some kind of go to what will be like our normal substrate which might be of interest to you I, yeah i think i think the substrate area is really interesting to me because you have that fine line between the substrates have always been treated as an afterthought until mm. the planted crowd came along and then amano you know really producing mm-hmm. a dedicated planted substrate and then tropica and all the other companies too and i think you know there's obviously great decorative sands that have been around for a long time but i think we're sort of seeing a new renaissance of purposeful sand or purposeful substrate at least that's what i'd like to foster where people are specifically developing uh very specialized substrates for certain things and i think that'll be a lot of fun like like a botanical style aquarium substrate or something that's you know mimics uh you know various biotopes like uh um, vernal pools and mud pans and stuff like that really specialized stuff i think it'd be a lot of fun to give people different options and that's kind of where we want to play Nice. Yeah, that sounds different. cool, actually. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, just as a side, I've, I've, I've shamelessly just gone on my laptop and um, I had a notification three years ago today and there's a load of well, my black water setups just popped up on my Facebook. Uh, you know, it does like reminders, like memories. How funny. So it's like, I think there's five different black water setups. So you should, I've just, I've just uh, sent you the message, Scott. Oh, I'll have to check it out. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's just interesting. No, I, I definitely need to do another Blackwater. I think combining... Um, oh, I really yeah. want to kind of combine Blackwater with Paludarium. I think that would be really cool. I agree. Agreed. Oh, we have to put this one up. I'm looking at it now. And, Johnny, I'll have to yeah. share it with you. You have my, the Rocket Killifish tank, which is one of my favorite all-time George Farmer skates. Yeah. And I might... Yeah, that's really, they're really cool fish, actually. I love those. Yeah, I think they're fantastic. Um, and I, I think that's something that we, uh, we just want to see more of. In fact, I think we will see more of down the line. And Johnny just indicates to me he just got kicked off of, uh, <laughs> kicked off oh, of this. Let me see if I he's can gone, get Maybe he's too tired. Well, it's like midnight there. No, he's, no he's, it is. No, but he, he got knocked off online. Let me just see if I can get Johnny back in here. There uh, we go. No I got him invited. He should be coming on in just a second. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what's your, uh, your morning like? Do you have a few more minutes you want to go, or are you kind of... Oh, yeah, I can go for as long as you need. Okay, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm good. Cool. Yeah, we'll keep going. Yeah. So No rush at all. No problem. Enjoying myself. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, you know, one of the other things I wanted to ask you um, now as you're uh, we're waiting for Johnny to come back on, as your technique has evolved over the years, you've, you've mm-hmm. played with lots of different things. Do you do things dramatically different now than you did, say, five years ago? And what was the one thing that you've done that you could say, wow, five years ago, I can't believe I was doing it this way, but now I do it totally different. Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I think I'm just a lot more brave now, a lot, a lot less conservative. So I'll, if I have an idea or I just think I'll try a certain plant or try a certain uh, style of hardscape, then I'll just do it because 
you only you know you only grow if you stretch yourself make mistakes learn from them and, and you grow that way so i think it's just being not being afraid to, to, to just step out of your comfort zone so much um it, it's a double-edged sword it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit can be quite challenging for me who's who has a kind of a little bit of a following um and so people by that nature you you do have a lot of uh, feedback from folk and it's not always positive so you have to try to balance you know taking risks uh that might not look so great with the with the potential feedback but as as i'm getting kind of older and and wiser i guess to an extent and thicker skinned i, I really start to care less about um what people think in terms of if they don't like something if 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 i kind of like it and i think it's adding value then if someone else doesn't like it then that's kind of their you know that that's their kind of perspective um so yeah i'm i mean i'm going off on a tangent again no, but no, i think there's a there's a real um there's a real sense of liberation when you can free yourself from uh wanting to please others so agreed that that's that's probably on a deeper level, that's one of the things I've learned in recent years is 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 not giving a hoot really so much about what other people think. I could not and agree you, more. Uh, so you so you need to do it for yourself and, and grow that way rather than doing it for other people because otherwise you'll never you, you'll never do it for the right reasons. I, uh, I, and then people people will kind of either respect it or not and if they don't then that's their issue and if they do then that's great and you can you can carry on in that kind of in that role so i i completely yeah. agree with you about being yourself and not worrying about what other people think i think that's that has governed me from the time i started my company mm. uh, and it just has made me it's just made life easy you know it gets real quiet when you're not listening to the adulation and you're not listening to the criticism yeah you just do what you believe in and it's just amazing how how much more fun it is you know yeah and you get a sense of freedom and i, I don't know scott i mean when with as a as a kind of in, a, in air quotes youtuber um i was getting so obsessed about numbers and growing and reading all the comments and trying to answer all the comments and trying to defend myself if someone was a bit uh, it was a bit negative in the comments and I was using so much energy on that and not enough energy on actually trying to achieve what my primary mission is. So, which is, you know, promoting aquascaping, making it accessible and, and educating and, and trying to inspire people. And I was spending so much energy on, on it, so almost inconsequential stuff. Uh, and it's all kind of ego driven, isn't it? It's like, yeah. oh, someone said this and it's not very nice. Now I need to defend it otherwise. But actually they can say what they like because you're not going to change their mind if, if they're if they don't like something then they probably don't like it and you're not <laughs> right and you're not you're not really necessarily gonna so that that's been a huge um breakthrough for me um there's just... yeah well, I'm just surprised too that 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 so many people in the it's, it's not just the aquarium hobby but in, in just any endeavor but in the aquarium hobby there's so many egos involved and yeah, people are yeah. very fragile unfortunately yeah. and it's sad i think i think the criticism of doing things differently or trying new things has kept a lot of people from really breaking through and doing amazing work too because people are afraid of the criticism they'll receive. they are they are afraid of the and criticism and that, 
It, it does suck. And I, from personal experience, I know I went, I had a, a super, you know, I don't mind, I don't mind opening up about this because no, it's, no, it's all part it's of the good. journey. Um, you know, my, my dad, my late father, he was um, ultra disciplined, you know, super old school Victorian mm-hmm. style. Art. He was a sergeant major in the army. Oh, wow. You know, I went to board, you know, military boarding school and and I was just, had, you know, always like told I was never good enough and always like criticised absolutely at every point. And uh, so a consequence of that was constantly needing approval and const- constantly like looking you know for adulation uh, mm-hmm. and this is this is the wrong way to go about life you know yeah. uh, and and you can apply that with any any aspect and you know being being uh, again in air quotes uh, i hate the term influencer but well, you when you when you, when you have a, a, a kind of a role at this level in in the industry and people are following you and and looking up to you to an extent or following your lead then that that it is it's weird because it feeds it, it was feeding that that ego or it's feeding that sense of wanting to be approved of yeah. but but equally when you did have a criticism it was like off the scale like it, it took me back to being a kid you know being told off by my dad and uh i used to just spend so much energy scott on just trying to formulate comments to defend myself yeah and and um, actually, half the time I wouldn't, you know, I'd, I'd write stuff down and then I'd just delete it and try to forget about it. And it's only, it's probably in the only last sort of 12 months that I've really kind of let go of all that baggage and uh, wow. moved on. It's it. hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's hard. And, and, and I got to tell you, I mean, just in, in general, in, in life and in the hobby, I think that more, I mean, not that I'm a, a psychologist, but I think more people would be more happy to just listen to themselves at the exclusion of all the other noise and not yeah. worry about satisfying other people. And I think we spend so much time trying to do that yeah. and it's, it's hard. And in, in the aquarium hobby, especially mm-hmm. it's supposed to be fun. And yeah. I think so many people have made it not fun yeah. by, you know, having these dogmatic attitudes about things. And I think it, I think that's really, really been toxic and, and yeah. boy, it's hard to create it. And, you know, an inclusive community and inclusive environment. That's one of the things I, I, you know, again, without sounding uh, overly uh, adoring here, one of the things I like about you and your work is you've always been a very inclusive aquascaper. You're not one of these elitist kind of guys. You don't have an Mm -hmm. attitude. You just love what you're doing and you love, you know, sharing it with people. And I think that that is so sadly missing. Yeah. That I've been so blessed with that, that, uh, uh, and I feel so grateful to have found almost, it sounds cheesy, but I found my purpose in life and that is yeah. aquascaping. And, um, and that hopefully comes across. Yeah. Like you say, in the, in the way, I commu- the way I communicate and, and try to, you know, arise, arise by lifting others up, not by looking down on people, you know? Yeah. So I think, yeah, but that's just the way I am. I just love, I just love to, just help other, you know, just make it accessible and, and, and just hopefully people can get that same amount of joy out of the hobby that I do because, you know, I absolutely love it. You know, the, the, other, um, the other thing that I think is so interesting too is that, the, that you can really not only inspire people by doing, but you can inspire people just by being yourself. And I think a lot of people don't realize that just yeah. by being the person that you are. 
And I think that's, that's also hard for people to understand. Yeah. And, and You're right. It's, there's it's, a tremendous benefit. It's turning into, <laughs> I think that's fine. I mean, yeah, people just need to be comfortable. Not, not give about what other people think. And, you know, I'd really recommend just having a bit of a digital detox now and again, you know, spending some time away from social media because it's just feeding this desire to be approved of or, you know, I want to get a certain amount of likes or, you know, you, you see a rise of it on Instagram with, um, you know, aquarium channels. They're take, you know, it's almost become a, per, you know, a personal brand channel in terms of taking selfies of themselves, you know, there's nothing actually to do with, with an aquarium. Yes. And it becomes a bit more, I don't, have you heard of the term uh, me forming instead of informing? So, you know, I, I like to be an informer yeah. as you do, you know, trying to inform people and educate people. Uh, but, you know, social media is now full of just me formers who are just telling people, you know, look at me and look what I'm doing now. And isn't this, um, oh, <laughs> don't I look great? And and it just kind it's of feeds this, um, yeah, and, and it feeds this kind of inadequacy that people might feel because they're constantly comparing, you know, this comparing kind of society. And, and that's that we live true. In I mean, that's the blessing and the curse of social media, and that's the, the and that has invaded the hobby. Yeah. And, and and that's what's so sad is that there's so many talented people out there. If they would just just you know understand that people love the work they're doing. Um, they understand what they're doing. They, they're not, they're not looking to tear other people down, but I think people are very insecure and I think it shows and that's, that's a, it's a problem. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing too, mm. with, with, um, with a company, with starting a, a brand, like what I did, I, I knew going in that no one knew who the hell I was in, in, in the freshwater mm. world. And I'm like, you know, I've got to, I love what I'm doing and I'm just going to share what I do and write about it until enough people understand this stuff instead of trying to push my product all mm. the time. And it, and it created, I mm. think a sense of, for people that, wow, there's something relatable here. There's something I'm enjoying and um, they can, they can connect with it. And I, I think that's what you do too, is like, like you are a brand, you are a, uh, a, 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 an artist, you're a business person, but you've created a sense of connected you know, connectivity. And I think people relate to that mm. and because they don't feel like they're being, you're selling the idea of the art of aquascaping. You know, you're not selling mm. a product per se, but when you're, when you do have a product offer, people want to support you because they love what you're saying and what you're doing. And I think that's fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. And it, it is a challenge because you, you know, when you do work closely with certain brands, people might associate you with that. So you do have to really kind of choose them carefully and, and make sure that they suit your mission. But yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, I sell aquascaping. I don't sell tropical right. plants, for instance. The, the tropical plants are a part of that, you know, that that thing. Um, and I, you know, I think people people see that. Um, so yeah you, i don't know if your listeners know this but yeah you were like a really you were really big in salt water <laughs> I was pretty world, well known. and 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 it was very humbling to cross over to the other side of the fence like we're no i mean i was speaking at the yeah. marina conference marina aquarium conference in north america all the big shows i mean i spoke eight years in a row at the yeah. biggest stage in the 
saltwater world and to suddenly come to freshwater and people are like, who is this guy? It was, it was a little humbling, but, but it was funny because my, my reef friends are like, what are you doing? Why would you give this all up? And um, yeah, I, I just think it was, I think it was fascinating. What lessons did that teach you in terms of making that it, you switch? Know, What's the humility biggest? and patience and the value of yeah. giving people, giving more than you expect. The, the, the value of sharing something I love and not give it, giving yeah. a crap what the world felt. I, I just said, you know what? This is what I love. Yeah. It, when, it, when I started Tannin, it was like, it, it was something I played with since I was a kid. And I thought, you know what? If there's a way to do this, no one's ever really put a real organized effort at this little weird niche. So I'm going to give it a shot because I just love this stuff and maybe I'll attract my tribe. And that's mm. what happened. And I think that's what's so yeah. fascinating to me about what you're doing is you've attracted a huge following by just being you and doing something you love without selling things. And then, you know, when you did have a product, yeah. everybody wants it. And yeah. I, I think it come. I think at the fundamental level, Scott, and you, I think you'll agree with this. I think you come from the same um, viewpoint. Is that we come from a place of of service, serving others. Yes. You know that's at the forefront. It's not. You know we're not doing it to big ourselves up or you know look at me. I've got you know this. We don't it's need to. Actually, you were doing it because we. Yeah, because we want to. We get our buzz because we know we're helping others. There basically. is no. There's no um, better feeling in the world when than when somebody says, yeah. I read your blog or I saw that thing and it gave me this idea and I tried it and I love it and this is so fun and I can't wait to share what I did. That is far more exciting than selling an extra, you know, 20 bags of leaves or whatever. To me, it's making an impact mm. on somebody that says, I was out of the hobby for a few years and I got back into it, and now I'm just having so much fun with this stuff. I never thought I would enjoy this. It's such a different thing. I, I, whatever yeah. you do, that to me is always the reward. The, the, that's the it, best, it that's is the best because, thing. Because Absolutely. you can always yeah. earn money. You can always sell people stuff. But selling an idea and letting people enjoy what they do, that, that's, a, that's a gift. And that's why your book, I think, is going to really be exciting for a lot of people because it's going to resonate with so many people you, you 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 did something that no one has really ever done a real it, it bridges the gap between the the art of a mono and the the practical mm. and it gives people something really yeah. interesting to play with i, I so. think so yeah i think um, you have to send me some of your postal address so I'll oh, you a well hope maybe we can um Maybe we'll meet. Yeah, anyway. we need to. So you're in, in you're Los in, Angeles. You're, Los, you're Los, Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah. So we'll have to. And what's the best? What's the kind of best? Can you say this? The best scaping store nearby? Mm, so you're going to put you're going to put me on the spot, and I'm and I am <laughs> like top 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 three. Wow. Now. And Johnny's going to disagree, and of course he got Is knocked it? offline. But I, there's a place in LA called <laughs> Nature Aquarium, believe it or not, and it's like the only ADA okay. store I think in Los Angeles. I could be wrong, but. Uh, they're right. pretty darn good, and there's there's a lot on the west coast of the United States. There's a. Have you been to? Um, you've been to Seattle. Have you ever been to? Um, no, I've never been to the oh, west coast. Oh, ever. there's a place called Aquarium yeah. Zone in Seattle. The guy that owns it, it's Steve Waldron. Yeah, I've heard of brilliant that. aquascaper. Yeah. Really great little store. Uh, I know you guys in the UK. There's so many great stores. You guys have a lot of really neat little little shops there. 
there, there actually isn't that many, but I just promote the hell out of them. So it seems like <laughs> because every time I've gone to the UK, I've went to amazing people have taken me to like two or three shops, and I'm like, oh my god, these are so amazing. Maybe they're only showing me the good ones, but yeah. it's uh, yeah. it, it, no, they're they're they really good actually. There's a few like really aquascaping niche stores now. They don't even sell fish; they just sell the plants oh, and yes. the hardscape and the product. Yeah, and they have beautiful displays. So. Um, yeah, I'm super lucky. I have one literally three miles away. Uh, so, yeah, but no, I, I definitely need to yes, come over, absolutely. Uh, especially to the, to the west to the west coast. And yeah, like I say, um, get a car and do the Route 66 thing. <laughs> Just maybe. drive across. That'd be, that'd It'd be, be fun when when, yeah. when this stupid pandemic is over. It's uh, has yeah. that impacted your ability to? I know it's like your ability to travel, but has it impacted mm. your ability to? get any materials or do anything i know it's wreaked havoc on my supply chain because a lot of my suppliers are in asia and they can't ship to the united states right now so it's been brutal i've I've been really blessed because um you know i get my plants shipped direct from the from the producer from denmark and then uh and then i have a a great relationship with my local store so they when it was super locked down um i could just well i couldn't do anything then but i didn't need to because i have six aquariums kind of run up and running oh um, but no, in, 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 yeah, in summary, no, it hasn't really affected me. I do have to say, and I, I don't want to sound, um, you know, this is just my own perspective, my own story, that I absolutely thrived in lockdown because it gave me, I, I managed to focus on the book. Yeah. You know, I gave I gave my book like deep work for three hours every morning until it was finished. Uh, and then I just spent more time maintaining and enjoying my aquariums at home. And, you know, I, I uh, actually started doing more hours um, for, for the brands I work with because I had more opportunity to, to work remotely from home for them, creating video content for them. And within the, within the nature of uh, the internet, right. you know, they were sending me over, you know, gigabytes, you know, hundreds of gigabytes of video files, which I could then work, edit, do voiceovers and, this is the beauty of the internet. You know, with, I have to say, without the internet, I'd be absolutely screwed. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to earn anything. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's your literal lifeline to the world. Some, and, and that's, it's amazing. Yeah. I, um, the thing that's interesting to me, though, with all of the stuff that's on the internet, with all of the um, ideas that, you know, when you talk about, I talk about, I still get questions from people that are, that are so basic. And I think, I'm, I'm afraid that some people, it's so easy to get stuff that people don't want to do the harder research. They want the answer. Yeah, and that's the absolutely. one thing I'm afraid of. Like, I'll be on Instagram. I spend a lot mm-hmm. of time on Instagram. I know you do too, mm-hmm. um, for the mm-hmm. brand mainly. But but we'll put up some pictures, answer some questions, and I'll get an email that, that's so basic saying, you know, tell me what uh, what leaves I should, you know, something, we, a question like that. And I'm thinking, you know, yeah. I've got, a website, a blog, you're in my newsfeed, you should yeah. just click on the website or you can go to Google and there's all kinds yeah. of information yeah. out there, but people just want something really quick and digestible. And that, that frightens me because I don't understand. Is it, is our time? Have, what, yeah. it, what is I, that? You know? Oh yeah. I have a really, yeah. I have a really big issue with this instant gratification. Yeah. It, it, it's the society we live in, isn't it? And yeah, social media, it, you know, I think feeds that. And we're just used to everything. We're just used to instant answers, aren't we? Google it. You know, yeah. you can you can get the answer. And, you know, people have, 
I know people don't probably read books anymore. No. Uh, well, many people. Um, but, but, yeah, like you said, they're afraid to do the hard work of, of, of actual learning. Yeah. Because they just, they'll have a question and they'll just expect an instant answer. They'll jump on Facebook group or jump on Google. But they, they don't, because they haven't gone through the process of learning the intricacies right. and, and the actual background about a topic, they'll, they'll just, they just, they just know that one, that one word answer. Well, they see, they don't, they, they don't actually understand the complete picture. Right. And they see the beautiful completed tank on Instagram or Facebook yeah. or whatever. They want to go from A to, to, to J. They don't want to go through yeah. A, B, C, D, you know, and, and, but, yeah. but, but interestingly, I think this is the era where a book is actually going to work. I believe your mm. book is going to be a, a very popular book because not only because people like you, but because the topic is good, it hasn't been filled before. And there's a desire to have a book. It, you know, yes, you can always look up pictures online, but there's something beautiful about holding a book and looking. And I know Johnny, unfortunately, he got knocked offline and he sends his apologies, but he, uh, mm. he and, uh, loves books like I do. We, we, we frequently, you know, share books because there's a beautiful <laughs> there's a beautiful thing about a tangible holding that book in your hand and really yeah, constantly yeah. every aquarium book i have is like a reference book my library is filled with things that are, they're underlined they have post-it notes all over the place because i <laughs> use them all the time sure i go online every day and i look at scholarly articles and all kinds of things but there's nothing like a good book and my dad was the yeah, obvious I, I, I have his books and I, I love it you know oh wow how many books do you have uh, aquarium books about about 45 to 50 i don't have a huge library but i've got really good ones and i've got some yeah. really meaningful ones and i have some of the classic like yeah i have a, I have a 1960s or 50s version of uh, exotic aquarium fishes and the inez wow. inez uh, reprint and some of these old guppy books because my dad was a guppy enthusiast and so they're classic you know <laughs> it's kind of cool to see those and um just to see how the hobbies evolved and changed. And I think we're in an exciting time where I think books are going to be more relevant than ever before, because it's, it's something tangible. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think, yeah, I think the printed media is going to make a comeback. Hopefully. I, I'm sure. Yeah. It will. And I think, you know, the one thing, and, 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 and I think you just touched on it and, and it's something that, that I said that I think is lacking is patience. And mm -hmm. I think that's one thing you, you can't necessarily teach people, but you can demonstrate patience and perhaps mm -hmm. people will catch on eventually. And I think even a book teaches patience yeah, because you, you have to flip through it. You can't just open to that one page. Yeah. I, I'm a bit of a sucker. I'm a bit of an audio book enthusiast now. I'm a bit yeah. lazy. So I, when I, when I take the dog for a walk, I'll just listen to an audio book and, I do need to spend time reading a book again. In fact, next week I'm going away for for a week with my wife, and I'm going to take some books with me the, then and just sit and, and read. And that's enjoyable. Yeah. But that's why podcasts. When you do your podcast, it's going to be great because yeah. I. You don't laugh. This sounds, this sounds egotistical, but I sometimes look, listen to my own podcast because I enjoy them. I know it sounds crazy, not because yeah. I think I'm great and talented, but because oh, I love the topic because that's what I love. Yeah. And I've yeah. listened to a few. There aren't too many podcasts I've listened to. There's a couple every once in a while that come up uh, aquarium-wise. And, you know, I, if you're into a topic, you'll take the time to listen to it. And, and I think your yeah. stuff will be very easy for people to to, to love. So I, I can't wait to, for you to do it. I really think you're going to love doing it. It's so easy. Yeah, I'm excited. I might, I might actually start 
start it next week in fact oh awesome yeah i mean i literally started um, it like one day johnny just said dude just do it <laughs> and 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 and, and do, you, do you just use anchor fm i literally use right? in my production values as you know suck but it's it's just real it sounds good enough it, it's it okay sounds it sounds all right but but it literally is you talking into the cell phone like we're doing now and yeah. yes there are you can get a better setup with a microphone eventually i'm going to do that with a microphone and headsets but it, it suits my purpose because basically it's how i you know, share the blog. And I find I get as much, as much listenership on the podcast, if not more than I do from the blog. And, you know, people, it's amazing how fast you can amass an audience and people really enjoy it. And I think with you, it's just going to be, wow, people are going to love it. Cause I don't think there's any of the, I'll call you a superstar, any of the superstar aquascapers out there. I don't, (laughs) I don't think other than Rachel, I don't think there's anybody else doing any kind of a blog on a consistent basis or, or podcast or video. So there's definitely an interest out there and yeah i hope so oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah i'm, I'm excited and emma's gonna help as well my wife oh, she's cool. gonna like read read the questions so yeah. she's got like a lovely like female english accent Perfect. which will be nice for the, oh, for, the for the listeners absolutely yeah. people love that <laughs> no, yeah uh, so. but i think and, and you don't have to get fancy i mean we had background music you know to the ones that i read but to the guest ones i don't use that background anchor makes it so easy i mean it's really made yeah. it accessible to everybody and there's there's yeah. probably better programs out there, but Anchor I think is owned by Spotify. So, it is. So it is. yeah. So they distribute yeah. it, you know. Mm. So I'm on Spotify, Google, Apple. It's just it's so it's easy. People can get it however they mm. consume it, and I think that's really important if you're trying to spread spread a message. Um, and and that's the yeah. beauty of it. So glad you're yeah, glad you do it. Yeah, I think you'll be great. I think you'll be great. Thanks, well, well, I know we're taking up a good part of your morning, and you need to get get on with your day. <laughs> but, <laughs> and yeah, and it must be bedtime for it's, you. It's bedtime, <laughs> but it's all right. It's a part of the fun, um, you know, of doing this. Is that uh, yeah? Again, this is what's so amazing. We're in different parts of the world, and we're sharing the yeah. love of something. And just we could probably talk all night or all morning, but. That would, yeah, we'd both be, you'd have a wasted day and I'd be exhausted. So, <laughs> but we'll do this again. Um, and I know Absolutely, Johnny's mate. bummed yeah. because his internet quit. So we want to get you guys all on again. Let's do this again. Um, very soon again. Absolutely. Yeah. Th- thanks for having me on Scott. I really oh, enjoyed this conversation. It's always a pleasure. And, uh, keep up the great work. Oh, it's super inspiring. And likewise, and everybody out there, the book is called Aquascaping, a step-by-step guide to planting, styling, and maintaining beautiful aquariums. The man is George Farmer. You know him. You love it. And you look for that link on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, and all kinds of uh, 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 online resources. Get it in Amazon. You can pre-order it now, um, which yeah. um, is real easy. And uh, it's, a, it's worth every penny. And it's a very inexpensive book as books go. Um, it is. I think if you pre-order it, the sooner you pre-order it, the cheaper it is as well. Yeah, it's right now. I think in the U.S., it's twenty-four dollars and ninety-nine cents. So it's it's pretty yeah. pretty inexpensive for a lot of years of enjoyment. So get book, support George. Uh, check out his uh, his YouTube channel. And when that podcast comes online, what are you going to call it? Do you, do you have a name for it yet? Or uh, I, I thought I might be really uh, talking about egos, but <laughs> yeah, the Aquascaper <laughs> podcast, right? No, 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 I thought I might call it the George Farmer Show do it, or something do like it. that. Yes. Yeah, because it's yeah. my name is my brand. Right. So it has to, I think it has to have right. George Farmer in there somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and we'll we'll be sure to when when it's up live, we'll be sure to uh, to push that for you. So, oh, thanks, mate. No. I really appreciate oh. that, and uh, super super grateful for for you and oh. uh, and your podcast, mate. Wait, no, you. Always always fun. Thanks again, and have a great day. And everybody, thank you for taking the time to listen to us. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. And, thanks, everyone. And uh, we yeah. yeah, we look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the Tin. Take care. Take care, mate. Bye bye.
Bye.